17 minutes, it is now after 8 p.m. That there, Jacob Zuma's explanation of uh, why he feels there's this conspiracy, uh, of course. And uh, I'd uh, already introduced my two guests, and I certainly hope we have them on the line now. Kokutungezwe, kamakubao. Uh, and Mele uh, Peko, do we have you on the line? You do have me on the line. Ligaime. Thank you so much. Sure, sure. Thank you so much for joining uh, us this evening for this conversation. Uh, I was saying to our listeners here that I thought uh, I must try and catch up with the two of you uh, this evening just to make uh, a sense of uh, this uh, a testimony here by uh, Jacob Zuma. And uh, Mepeko, I want to start off with you and uh, just to get some of your own perspective of uh, the first few hours of that testimony. I, I mean, I must say, uh, I certainly missed, I think, a, a large chunk of the first hour of that testimony. But what I did catch uh, after that, uh, I must say, was uh, revealing, if I can use that word. Uh, what did you make of it? So I think it, it played very much to the Mbappé script, which is to deny all and to be extremely belligerent in the face of questioning. He's very much using typical strongman tactics, which is really to be to behave as though he's above any level of um, scrutiny um, and, that, um, and any level of accountability. And I think that he also seems to be forgetting that, unlike previously, he hasn't got the luxury and the power of incumbency and the machinery that comes with that to protect him and to somehow shield and cushion him from the necessity to answer questions and um, to prove his probity or lack thereof in this particular process. Granted that the, the, the commission is not per se a legally binding process, but it is certainly extremely persuasive. So I think that um, you know, the whole, um, the, his whole demeanor, which was extremely uh, defensive and coming out and blazing would to me be the template Zuma approach to mm. legal processes and to, to try to accountability. Yeah, yeah. What do you make of, uh, I guess, uh, you know, the early hours of that, uh, certainly prior to uh, the tea break uh, of that uh, particular testimony by uh, a former president, uh, Jacob Zuma? Well, what became clear right at the beginning is that there seems to be very little love lost. Uh, between uh, the legal team of uh, former President Jacob Zuma and the commission. And, and, and it seems there is, uh, or there are tensions, particularly uh, between uh, Senior Counsel Advocate uh, Kakani and uh, Paul Pretorius, the evidence leader. But when it comes to the testimony of the former president, I think he opened three doors. Because of what he said, because of the claims he made, particularly against Wagora Makrodi and Nyanda, uh, he has opened the door in which further allegations, more allegations, are going to be made by other ANC members against uh, leaders of the ANC or other leaders of the ANC to the effect that they were apartheid spies. That's mm. the first thing. The second door he opened is the door of counter-allegations. In other, other words, those who feel attacked by his allegations may make counter-allegations to defend themselves mm-hmm. or to defend those they support against whom uh, Jacob Zuma has made allegations. The third door 
he has opened is the possibility, very strong possibility, that these, some of these counter-allegations and allegations will be made outside the Zondo Commission. In other words, uh, because of the claims that he's making, the ANC may become a much more unstable and much more factionalized space than it is at the moment. Now, of course, the problem is this. Uh, no one in the ANC was an apartheid spy. Mm. Koko, I'd like us to pause there slightly. Unfortunately, we need to take this break. But when we come back, you'll continue on that one, uh, where you say no one in the ANC was an apartheid spy. It's 23 minutes now after 8 p.m. I'm in conversation with uh, Kok Tungwezwe in the Opry Machikri, who's a political analyst and also joined by Lebo Hang Peko, a uh, political economist from Trade Collective. Um, Chilibe, I disturbed you there as you were making the point that no one in the ANC, in essence, was a spy. Uh, I'd like you to maybe continue on that vein. Well, I mean, in the same way in Batania that no one supported apartheid, no member of the ANC was an apartheid spy. Hmm. But it is common cause that the ANC was infiltrated at a different level. Hmm. It is therefore common cause that some of those people who infiltrated the ANC on behalf of their masters, either in the apartheid regime or um, as part of foreign agendas, are still in the ANC. Hmm. Now, what is going to be damaging about the doors former President Jacob Zuma has opened is the fact that you may remember that last year he himself was accused of being an agent provocateur. Mm. Now, of course, there have been rumors for many years. There have been allegations for many years and whispering campaigns for many years that Jacob Zuma himself was an apartheid spy. On top of these allegations that the current president of the ANC, Cyril Ramaphosa, was an apartheid spy. And, and many other leaders of the ANC have been accused of uh, being apartheid spies. And the problem, therefore, as, 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 as I said, is that this accusation, uh, whether it is grounded in truth or not, is not the issue. The issue are the political effects to which these allegations and accusations um, will be put. <laughs> and, you know, Mepeko, let me bring you in here. I mean, just on this question of uh, allegations of so-and-so was a spy and, uh, you know, so-and-so wasn't and I'm going to take a lie detector. One gets a sense that even in post-apartheid South Africa, uh, this uh, tagging of people with the allegation that so-and-so was a spy continues to have some kind of political utility. Uh, I was mentioning earlier on, uh, you know, some of the other... Uh, instances where this has been uh, applied and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, there was even a, an entire commission there looking at into whether or not uh, Bulalani Nguka was a spy, mm-hmm. which speaks volumes mm-hmm. about, you know, uh, once uh, someone is, has been sort of uh, tarnished with that brush, it certainly is in their own interest to try and cleanse themselves of that. And uh, one got a sense of that in uh, the rapid and quickfire response that Nguakwa Ramatlodi provided. Yeah, so, I mean, this is really also the... The politics of the apartheid and the liberation or lack thereof hangover of how party political contestations were weighed up and were played, played themselves up exactly in this way by accusing some of being um, one thing or the other 
And I mean, this sort of political and ideological necklacing, I think it's extremely unfortunate and unpalatable, but it continues as a way of um, dealing with political opponents and, in fact, with dealing with the political difference in post-1994 politics. Because what it does is it also then narrows the field of where the truth and the lies then lie. And, and it also then begins to show us the fault lines which have never been sufficiently resolved since 1994. Because a lot of these um, issues and these accusations are the ones which um, lie between people who were exiled in, in and exiled, the different sanctions, the Tanzania group, the Angola group, the Zambia group, and so on, the Lesotho group, and so on. Um, some of these issues and these accusations go back 20, well, not even 30 or 40 years, in fact. So that, for them to be, for this to be the way, the, the vocabulary of default when the going gets tough, um, knowing that in, a, in a, a generation or two ago, these sorts of allegations could actually have led to people being killed mm. is extremely inflammatory. Uh, and I'm not sure, I mean, I mean I, I'd like to concur with um, my, my co-panelists in saying that the, this could well open up some kind of a canker of worms in another space. But I do wonder whether, in fact, the, the, the commission itself has a role to play in adjudicating what is and is not admissible and useful mm. for the purposes of getting to the truth. I don't, I'm not sure the usefulness of actually allowing these sorts of accusations to continue unchallenged, you know, these rambling well, for minutes and minutes mm. and hours and hours on well, end. Well, I'm not people, sure. I mean, one would argue that uh, some of these ramblings are made in a context, I guess, of uh, laying the ground or laying down the justification of why he feels there's this kind of conspiracy. Um, mm. And uh, he feels because that, of course, this conspiracy <laughs> is nothing new and that uh, yeah. even the Zondo Commission, which is a question, of, of course, of credibility around the commission itself, he feels that even the commission, and uh, he was, I guess, he and his counsel were short of saying this, but he fe- felt that even his commission, uh, this uh, Zondo Commission, was part and parcel and party to this conspiracy. Yeah, but you see, the problem with that, Aya, is that this is part of this template of behavior. Yeah, mm. If it were anybody else, one would say, well, perhaps they're laying down the ground. But this has been his default. This has been his reflex, is to deflect um, accusations and to then, in fact, use incredibly inflammatory or just belligerent language in order to oppose the, the, the possibility of being questioned further. And um, I, I think if it were anybody else, it would, it, one would have the patience for it, but this has been a template since his trial in 2005 when he first his legal problems began. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm quite interested, uh, I mean, what, what you make uh, certainly of... Uh, some of the other utterances that he made outside of, of the commission there. I mean, we heard even some of his own supporters coming out there, which, of course, exposed some of the fault lines inside of the ANC, and uh, even much to their own protestation, saying, look, we would have done this even if it was Cyril Ramaphosa. It was quite clear that the lines had been uh, clearly drawn there. If you look at uh, people like Supra Mahumapel or Karl Nehaus and many others, um, in really saying, look, there's this narrative that is also coming out of the ANC that they felt was un-ANC, of this uh, lost decade. And uh, he was uh, certainly Supra Mahumapelo at length to try and explain what he felt were some of the key legacies of the Zuma administration uh, to try and, I guess, sort of, you know, uh, uh, contest and counter uh, this uh, narrative of the nine lost years. Well, I mean, the, the, the battles we see today in the ANC, um, which have produced what we saw in the Zonda Commission today, um, have been coming for decades. Um, now, it does depend on your cut-off point. I do think if you want to understand 
what is happening today. You need to go to an ANC that is in exile, an ANC that is underground. And if you do that, you will realize that several networks are unraveling. So what manifests as internal ANC battles today is actually the unraveling of certain networks. For instance, if you look at some of the key figures in these internal ANC battles, you locate them in Operation Bola. And, and therefore, what you are seeing, uh, to the extent that comrades who were part of Operation Bola are now on opposite sides of sectional battles in the ANC, mm. suggests that uh, you see the unraveling of Operation Bola. You also see the unraveling of a military network within MK because you find that people who are in MK find themselves on opposite sides. Mm of uh, this uh, factional battle. Hmm. But also, um, to the extent that some of these members and leaders of the ANC were apartheid agents, because I don't think to argue that they were apartheid or there are people who were apartheid agents in the ANC is controversial. That's not controversial. Sure. That's not even interesting, hmm. uh, actually. What becomes controversial is when you start naming individuals. So, I think everyone will agree in the ANC that the ANC was infiltrated. Where they differ is with regard who were the spies. Mm, now, mm. you will also find that those who were apartheid spies uh, find themselves on all sides of um, this uh, factional divide. Mm. So, which means the ANC finds itself at a dangerous place because I think this week, maybe a turning point for the ANC and the country, or maybe for former President Jacob Zuma himself. Because if on balance, um, the, 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 the verdict of the Court of Public Opinion is that President uh, Jacob Zuma is deflecting, is lying, and nothing he says is true, this is the beginning of the end for him. Hmm. If on the other hand, um, at the end of this process, on balance, the verdict in the court of public opinion is that there may be things that he said that are not sustainable, that are not true, but overall, the allegations are true. I'm telling you, the ANC is, is, is about to go into another process of trauma. Uh, it's, go, it's about to go into another process where it suffers a nervous breakdown. Hmm. <laughs> Uh, I mean, if we were to go back into the commission now, we, don't, we, we do know that when we came back from uh, a tea, there was all manner of, uh, I guess, procedural issues that was raised by uh, Azuma's counsel and, of course, in particular, the one uh, Dan Man- Manja, uh, who is uh, his attorney about whether or not they'd received documents. And then, of course, the uh, and I'd like you to maybe comment on that. And then, of course, in the afternoon, the uh, testimony around uh, I guess engaging and responding to the testimony of Temba Maseko, who was uh, then CEO of the uh, Government Communication and Information Service. Mm. So, I mean, the whole, the whole, um, uh, the afternoon was extremely, uh, I don't know, it was a confusing, it was a confusing um, process. It seemed to imply that um, basically there was been some ineptitude or some, some sinister attempt to withhold some documents and some important information from the commission. Um, and I think one would have imagined that this wouldn't have been 
um, this would have already been disclosed in good time. But I think more than that, what's quite interesting to me is that, um, you know, Zuma, Zuma claims to have forgotten in instructing um, Mr. Maseko to assist uh, in helping the Guptas. Mm. And I think if we will recall that he, you know, at some stage he was considered to be one of the one of the architects, uh, one of the architecture, this complex union of architecture, um, which means that Zuma constructed around himself. And I mean, I think there's so many others in that regard. I mean, people like Nati Nkleko, um, people like Bonisi Wemachene, Yagani Gadani, and so many others who are part of this strange architecture, which of course now seems to be imploding. Um, and, you know, now nobody knows anything about anything else in particular. And I'm not quite wary of the ways in which, um, you know, there are a few key allegations, I think, that that this woman needs to, to, to respond to. And I think we've, been, we've heard them rattled off so often that I think we've become slightly inured to how serious they are. But the fact of, you know, racketeering or the allegation of racketeering in and of itself is really not something to be taken lightly. Mm. Um, and, and I think that we have become so inured to listening to these, you know, the number 783. It's hugely significant that we even have uh, a situation where the president has been able, or well, the former president has been able to corral so many different institutions of the state around himself. Um, and, and I think including the, the national, uh, the national, uh, the, the prosecutor, the former prosecutor, Sean Abraham, among others, who was almost at some point seeming to, uh, to seeming to, to act in defiance of the constitutional court and actually cause a semi-constitutional crisis by implying that he didn't have to follow the direction, that the, you know, the direct, that the public prosecution didn't have to follow the direction of the constitutional court which is absolutely ridiculous. So I think in all of this, um, you know, what has happened today is that we're seeing an unraveling of a much deeper architecture. Mm. I'm not so optimistic, actually, that... Um, I'm not so optimistic. I don't think that this is actually a, a, a crisis for the ANC. Mm. I would disagree slightly with my, uh, my co-panelists because I, think, I don't think it's a new crisis. They've been hemorrhaging. You know, they've been having this aneurysm for a very long time, and yet they seem to have somehow survived to this point. And I think they've survived not only because the court of, uh, of, of public opinion is actually so beaten down and bruised, by all that it has been it has been subjected to over the past nine years, but it has also now been resuscitated slightly. Any level of outrage has been slightly resuscitated and given some CPR by the by the by the Ramaphosa regime, which we had hoped would do the right things. And so they have set a few of the right notes, but I think that it may be a case of a lot of good optics with very limited results. Mm. Uh, I'm quite interested in what you make of uh, what Jacob Zuma saw as the post-apartheid events that I guess to him indicated that this conspiracy continues. Because one of the things that he says uh, in uh, in his uh, closing remarks to uh, that crowd that were assembled outside the Zondo Commission is that the enemy is still with us. And he makes an interesting uh, observation about uh, how uh, there was uh, some uh, Mascandi event at uh, Moses Mapita aimed at filling up that stadium. And he didn't attend because he he had a sense that 
uh, he would be assassinated there. And uh, one wonders who, who gave him that kind of information. But uh, uh, how he links that, of course, to his own dismissal as deputy president and even some of the debates and tensions that have uh, found root in the ANC uh, after its return from exile. Well, you'll remember, Batani, that prior to Pulukwane, President Jacob Zuma made two promises. Firstly, he promised that he would only uh, be a one-term president. Mm. Of course, that did not happen. And he also promised that to the extent that even then he was making allegations, uh, he, he would share with the country or at least uh, with uh, his supporters um evidence to that effect. And he did the same today. Uh, he, suggested that, he suggested that on Friday he will give more details about the broad allegations um, he made. Now, my, my own sense is that we should not be too quick uh, to come to conclusions either way. Because we don't have the tools, actually, mm. uh, to come to conclusions either way. And this is what I mean. You, you have a commission of inquiry, which is a judicial legal process, and it weighs evidence according to certain rules. Yes. You have a Jacob Zuma who appears in this forum with information that comes from a totally different environment, an intelligence environment, an environment in, in which rules of evidence are um, applied differently and evidence is weighed uh, differently. And the question here is, what's going to hold sway? Is it our understanding of the rules of evidence in a judicial process or our, our understanding of how evidence is weighed, is weighed in an intelligent environment? In my own view, Actually, there is an extent to which the Zondo Commission is irrelevant. Mm. There is an extent to which we exaggerate its uh, importance. It's not as critical um, as we think, because this is not a legal battle. This is a political battle, and the Zondo Commission is simply an extension of that political battle. That is not the same as saying that Zondo and the commissioners are part of it. While they are not part of it, the process itself is an extension of uh, that political battle. Mm, As mm. we saw with Tabombeki, by the time the Supreme Court of Appeal found that the, the allegation that was supported in a judgment uh, by Chris, Judge Chris Nicholson, that there was a conspiracy against him, uh, was nonsensical. Tabombeki was no longer a president of the country, mm. simply because political processes tend to outrun legal processes. And there is a possibility that even here, by the time Zondo finishes with his work, political damage shall have happened mm. either to the advantage or to the disadvantage okay. of Jacob Zuma and his opponents. All right. Kwaktungwezweni will have to pause there for a second and Mepeku uh, and take this brief break. And on the other side, we continue and I get some uh, uh, closing remarks from you before we open the lines. 18 minutes it is now before 9 p.m. I'm in conversation with uh, uh, Lebo Hang Peku, political economist from a Trade Collective and also Kok uh, a political analyst. And Kok uh, uh, let me maybe get, uh, I guess, uh, some of your own uh, expectations of uh, the next few days. 
Uh, we do know that, I guess, uh, the cross-questioning will now go into specific testimonies that have been given by specific people. And, uh, of course, uh, the questions will be posed in that kind of way. And uh, maybe, Bangwa, I want to understand from your end, I mean, what, what do you expect and uh, how do you anticipate that Jacob Zuma is going to respond here? Will he use the same uh, kind of approach of counter-allegations or, I guess, uh, go back to this um, uh, a trope of a conspiracy around him? Well, I, I suspect, rightly or wrongly, uh, that with his opening statement, one of the things uh, President Zuma is trying to do is to set a trap for the commission in this way. He makes the allegations in very general terms so that the evidence leaders must ask him to give specific details. Now, I don't think the commission is going to do that. Uh, Paul Pretorius has already given notice that the commission will limit itself to allegations that have been made against President Zuma by people like Fakey Mento, mm. Masego, and, 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 and so on. So when it comes to the allegation of the existence of a conspiracy against him, and therefore the allegation that the commission itself is, 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 is part of that allegation, I don't think Paul Pretorius is going to fall into that trap. Okay. And uh, Mepeko, let me give you the last word. Uh, on uh, this one, uh, what do you make, I guess, of uh, the next few days or so? And uh, do you think, of course, the crowds that we've seen outside uh, are going to continue to, uh, I guess, sing along as they did? I mean, I recall at some point uh, during Jacob Zuma's testimony hearing some of the songs uh, uh, that uh, were being sung outside, uh, inside of the commission. Uh, what impact, if any, is that going to have, uh, I guess, on proceedings? <laughs> Look, it's a show of force. It's a, it's, mm. a, it's, it's a psychological victory. It's a psychological bolster. But I don't think that should have anything to do with the actual proceedings internally. I mean, the fact that this commission has actually taken, has actually come forward and and, and successfully um, managed to find, um, to track me that this Zuma is, is something of a victory in and of itself. Even though, as I say, it has no legal standing, it won't necessarily lead to criminal prosecutions or it may not actually have any other consequences, by the way. So I think as South Africans, we may have to manage our, our, our expectations because we've seen that you know, commissions, commissions of inquiry have become a way in which the, 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 the executives can um, show themselves to be effective, to be tough on, on, on corruption, tough on crime, whilst actually essentially outsourcing their functions and the, and the dirtier part of their work. I think the other thing as well is that there's a strong possibility that despite all of these um, drive-through, um, drive-by shootings that we've seen this morning and to, earlier today at the commission, that the, 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 that the, more, the more mud is being slung, they might actually obfuscate the truth. There's a very strong possibility that this commission and probability isn't uncovering the whole truth. And I'm not sure if as South Africans we're ready for where it would where it would truth where this truth might take. Can we I'm handle not sure the whether truth? we'd want to go down that dark rabbit hole, quite sure. frankly. So we might want to keep it light, keep it at the optics of we have been seen to do something about this. Um, the, the president actually came forward, and he was, and you know, he was sanctioned in some symbolic way. But to be frank, I'm not sure that South Africans we are ready to hear what it has really gone. Why down. do you say that? Um, why, why, why do you say that? It just reminds me of a movie. You can't handle the truth. Uh, why, why do you say that? Yes, I got Tom Cruise. Ah, uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't think that we. I don't think that. Uh, look, look, look what we did to uh, Metulis. Uh, 
look at the look how people were so horrified by Metulin's report, three hundred and sixty mm. pages. Yeah. Um. And look what we you know we've seen Auditor General's reports. We have seen um. We, you know we have the the, the the Constitutional Court has ruled on so many matters, and yet here we are. We've become so inured to truth that I don't think it 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 either it almost doesn't happen. That it almost doesn't matter anymore. Or we would have to go to the root of the problem. And I mean, if we're going to go back 30 years to Gorogoro and go back to Tanzania and mm-hmm. go back and find files in Lesotho, in Swaziland, in Zambia, etc., do we really have the resources and the appetite and the stamina to go back that far? Who will be left standing, my fellow compatriots? Who will actually be left standing at the end of it? Yeah. We'll have to leave it there. Melebu Hangpeko, uh, really appreciate you taking time out to speak to us uh, this evening. Political economist uh, from uh, Trade Collective. And Jilebe Bangondiabulela for your time for joining us uh, this evening. Kogtung Ezweni, Opri Machikri, political analyst and also, uh, of course, a uh, uh, former ANC activist and a member of Umkondo Wesizwe himself. And a big thank you to you two for taking time out to speak to us this evening. Uh, 12 minutes now it is before the uh, top of the hour and uh, of course uh, much uh, being said uh, by uh, Jacob Zuma early on uh, today in his testimony it certainly uh, I guess is an indication of the next four days and uh, what ought to come and do you share the sentiment that uh, Mele Wohang Peko has shared that uh, you know let's just go soft approach get the optics Mongameli went to the commission we got what uh, we wanted even if there's no conclusive answers and we keep it moving because uh, we can't handle the truth.